are listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Magic and give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Technology is not an expense, it's an investment. Look at what ThinkHR has done for our clients and even our team. It's an amazing product and I'm so thankful we have that. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Things are changing for us in 2021. Not all big business anymore. Now that we have Cover Wallet on our team, it's amazing that we're going to be able to write small business profitably. This is Power Producer Shop Talk production redefined are you ready to feel the power hey everybody welcome to power producer shop talk we are back with mr kevin ring from the institute of work comp professionals based out of Asheville, north carolina and we are bringing you segment number two of our conversations with kevin regarding workers compensation kevin what's up man Hey, you know, it's uh, it's great to be back. Really appreciate it. It's a, a beautiful day in Western North Carolina and happy to be with you. No there snow you for you guys this year, huh? No, well, it's a bunch of crap. Everybody, it's supposed to be like 65 degrees on Christmas Day, which is... Yeah. Uh, That's like what it's going to be down se- here. It's no, not what, seasonal temperatures for the mountains. When, when I see that stuff, it scares me for March, <laughs> typically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it scares me for... You know, June and July, because if, if we don't get cold in the wintertime, and I know you guys deal with mosquitoes 12 months a year, but uh, you know, they're supposed to not really be a thing right now. And if, But if mm-hmm. it doesn't get good and cold, the summertime is brutal up here. Hmm. The worst thing, the, the thing that's worse than mosquitoes is the noceums. Yeah, they're, right. they're relentless. They're absolutely horrendous, <laughs> and whatever venom they have in their bodies when they bite you, if you scratch the bite, like you're toast, man. Like Nosium bites, like, it like multiplies. Like, like, it just like, like two s- weeks. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to insect talk, insect talk with Dave <laughs> Wow, yeah, we <laughs> we, <laughs> we need, got a little we need close to get, there. We need to get your boy Daimler on here. He almost said incest talk, and that would be a different channel, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I apologize. That's a little bit further north, like West Virginia, not North Carolina. <laughs> well. <laughs> Having lived in West Virginia for a number of years, I probably could fight my way through that conversation if I had to. But I'm just kidding. Well, West Virginia is one of my favorite places in the world. It's absolutely unmolested nature at its finest. It's just a little bit behind in terms of some of the other developments. But that's what makes it what it is and gives it its character. There you go. So so listen, we wrapped up last episode. We were talking about mod audits, and we had some good information going back and forth. And originally we were going to dovetail with something different, but you know, I, based on where we went, I, I want to talk about loss runs in in what that looks like. And I'm not going to go on a rant, but I have said this, and we maybe have said this when we had you on the podcast originally. I don't understand why there's no standardization of loss run forms. <sighs> if we are required to use standardized applications for insurance, uh, you know, if I have to put in an Accord 130 for every worker's comp, you know account that I write, why don't we have standardized Accord loss run forms? And by the way, people, with the same number of boxes that we have to fill out for insurance applications, because how many times, Kevin, have you gone to do a mod analysis and 
literally half the stuff you need to do it the right way is not even there. It's not, it, it, I don't know if it was because and, and, and we're going to break this down, obviously, because it could be incumbent on the employer because they didn't report the claim the right way and give the right information. It could be on the carrier because they didn't ask the right questions. They didn't ask for that information. Hey, here's a fun fact, agents. It might be your fault because when you onboarded that client, you didn't set the expectations with the carrier for how you wanted them to receive that information and subsequently report that back to you. So you're not getting off you know, scot-free either. But let's talk about loss runs and what that epidemic looks like. Yeah, well, and what's especially frustrating to your point, David, is that the information the carriers have is standardized by necessity because they have a standardized format that they have to use to report that to the rating bureaus, right? So if anybody wants to go read a statistical plan manual, which I strongly discourage you from doing, but if you were to ever do that, you would read the ins and outs of how insurance companies are to report the all of this huge swath of information, more than what we're even talking about, to the rating bureaus. I mean, right down to like how the columns have to be formatted and all of this stuff. It's incredibly specific. But yet, you'll pull out one loss run and it will have the date of the injury, the date they were hired, the date it was reported. I saw one recently that even had... Uh, the date it was reported to the employer and the date it was reported to the insurance company, which was tremendously useful information. And then you have other ones that it feel like it's basically like name and overall claim amount. And then you have everything. <laughs> yeah. Overall, and when, when you say overall claim amount, you're talking about medical indemnity and expenses all Spent, lumped yeah. into one number and you have uh, no what, way to break it out. Right. I mean, and I, I don't know that I've ever seen one that was exactly that bad, but I absolutely saw one in the last six, eight weeks they didn't have paid in reserve. It just had a total amount for medical indemnity and expense. And there's there's a huge amount of, of information. I mean, and let's start with something simple. If you're going to take a paragraph long accident description, if the adjuster is going to type a paragraph long accident description, then why not let your loss run contain the whole thing instead of cutting it off after like seven words, <laughs> right? I yeah. mean, where it's just like, truncated and so you don't know really what happened. I mean, I find that the least useful information on a loss run is often uh, the employee's class code. Um, and there's two reasons I find that particularly useless. The first one is too many people get confused by it and they think that if too many of the wrong class code, like, oh, if I had three people that were clerical get hurt, I only had $1,000 in expected losses for clerical, therefore my mod is bad. Well, no, that's, that's not how it works. But also because that information, by you know, my experience, would suggest that it's collected relatively poorly. Um, you'll often see people you know, listed in class codes. People are like, well, that class code isn't right. Is that hurting my mod? Well, it's not hurting your mod. It's maybe hurting the data that gets reported to NCCI or whatever rating bureau. Um, but, you know, what we really, really need from loss runs is the, uh, the lag time. You know, I love it when loss runs actually just do the math for you. They'll have the date of the injury, the date reported, and then it'll say the number of days between the two, but mm -hmm. that's not terribly difficult math to do. That's okay. Um, you know, the nature, the description of the injury, you know, I'm less, 
you know, it's good to know if it was a contusion or a cut or a fracture, you know, whatever those like drop downs they have in their system, that's good information. But also the accident description, uh, that's especially good when you start dealing with things uh, like auto accidents. Was there a negligent third party involved? Because perhaps there's questions to be asked about how that was was handled or not handled. Um, you'll see, I looked at uh, at a loss run recently for a company, like a corporate cleaning company. And just by looking at the accident descriptions, we could see that a, a pretty substantial percentage of their injuries were the result of people injuring their back, throwing bags of trash into dumpsters. Okay, well, maybe that's something that that you could engineer around or or find a solution to. Uh, and then, you know, paid and reserved for medical indemnity and expense. Occasionally, you'll run into a loss run that'll break out legal separately, which is, is always handy. Uh, there's an insurance company in California that has a flag if there's litigation involved in the claim, which is also another really good thing, because if you see a business that has you know, unusually high number of litigated claims, that's a pretty good sign that their program's completely out of control. Um, there's just so much. And, and then to, to button all that together, you know, outside of the information that agents can glean from that, to be able to turn around and ask a business owner, tell me about what happened when Bob Smith got hurt. And I yeah. love that question because there's no answer they can give you that's not useful, right? I mean, they yeah, starting real quick, with Kevin. Before you yeah. go go any further, one thing too that I would add to what I want to see on loss runs, and I think this is important, especially as you move further and further mm -hmm. up the food chain. I want to know the location. I want to know which mm -hmm. location it happened because if you're going to go in and you're dealing with a bad workers' comp account and you need to drive change in that organization, part of driving change is developing a system of accountability for the individual unit managers. Let's say it's a restaurant chain that has ten different locations. Yeah. Well, if I want to have, if I want to put in some side, uh, some sort of a um, safety rewards program, or more importantly, tie it to the annual compensation and review of the unit manager, I want to have the claims reported by unit or by location so that I can go in and show them whether it be, you know, the dollars of claims or the mod points multiplied by the premium to show the financial impact. But if you've got 10 locations, nine people shouldn't be punished if you've got one bad operator. It makes it a whole lot easier for you to fix your problems if you can determine locations or departments or whatever else as well. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. And I think that's also... Uh, going to tie in to the topic we're going to cover in our next session. So don't don't forget that because when we we talk about ownership, that that can play a role as well. Mm -hmm. um, no, that's all. That's all. Fantastic I, I mean, like stuff. you know what what's it going to take to have standard loss runs in an industry that's so standardized in so many different levels? I mean, like we just need to get a petition going, and we have the power producers, listeners, start a petition, <laughs> like. How do we get this done? Well, number one, you don't tolerate it, right? That, that's the first thing is you can't tolerate it. You need to, We need to do a better job of setting expectations on the front end. The carriers have the ability. A lot of carriers don't like to give you the information. So there's plenty of times, even mm. when I go in and ask for adjuster's notes and things like that so I can get my, you know, my head around what's going on with the claim, it's like pulling teeth with some carriers. And then, look, I am going to use a carrier name here because they do an awesome job with this. 
and that's AmTrust. I can get anything I need. When I log into an into the AmTrust portal mm-hmm. and look at a claim, I can see the, the the letters and correspondence that's gone back, the the um, prediction of the ultimate outcome yeah. of the claim, any checks that have been cut. Like literally anything and everything I need to know is there, and I can. And that's what I do. Like I actually have time on my calendar where I go into our AmTrust portal once a month and just look at where everything is, and I read all of the granular details about each of these claims because it's right there at my fingertips. Then there's other carriers where you're going to ask for anything outside of the loss runs, and it's like it's easier to get TSA pre-check than it is to get the information that you need from a uh, claims person. Yeah, well, I mean, let's not let's not even get into how you know you get what you just described with AmTrust on one side and the fact that getting loss runs from many carriers hasn't that process hasn't changed in 25 years. You have to call somebody. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're still damn faxing it to you. Right. Um, you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, I worked for a manufacturing company 20 plus years ago that had access to its loss runs online. Mm-hmm. And that that is not a standard feature of any insurance company today. It, it blows it blows my mind. And, you know, I agree with you 100 percent. Now, I will say uh, Teresa Long, who's our injury management expert, Teresa is a licensed adjuster. Uh, earlier in her career, she was the claims manager at Walt Disney World. And what she has said forever is that if a company's loss runs don't have the information that you want or need, stop asking for a loss run and ask them for a loss information report with, and tell them the specific information that you want. Now, I'm not telling you that that's going to make it simple to get. But when when you ask a company for a loss run, what you're going to get is this predefined report that someone has built in their system that has a set of data. All of that other data is there. If they don't have the lag time, it's not because it's not in their system. It's because on this predefined uh, and let, I mean, we could also talk about how some of these loss runs are almost aggressively wasting paper. <laughs> you know, the amount of white space yeah. in these for the amount of data is, is indefensible. And, you know, the way some of them are, are formatted. And I, I don't know, I don't know the answer to your question about, you know, how are we going to get it standardized? My guess is that, you know, someone like ISO would say, listen, this isn't, you know, related to to our mission of you know standardizing how you know how the business works and how we collect information, I think we could probably make a counter argument. But um, you know, I keep uh, I keep making the uh, the argument to be named uh, King of Workers Comp, but it doesn't seem that's an available position for me to uh, <laughs> you know take over and then bend all of these insurance companies and. And at the end of the day, the real answer is that, you know, the states regulate all of this. And, you know, if the states decided that, you know, in order to do business in our state, you have to be able to provide this information in this way. But, you know, the last few years have shown there's not any amount of political uh, motivation behind workers' comp because when does workers' comp reform get passed is get gets passed when you know everything's in the toilet and rates are going up and everything's going poorly uh, and rates are going down and at least from the outside 
things are going swimmingly. So um, I don't I don't have a good path forward on that. It just doesn't seem like it would be that hard of a thing to do. I guess that's <laughs> that's my well. But I think it can go back to again. Um, like Kevin said, if you ask for the loss information sheet, there's so much more there than there is on the loss runs because the loss runs are a pre-formatted document. So again, it goes back to what I said originally. We're culpable as the agent to a certain degree because we're we have to establish expectations up front. You know, we we want to establish what our client should expect from us, and we want the carrier to have certain expectations from us and what we expect from them. So, are you saying so like having that conversation? As, sorry, well, not, like yeah. I'm, I, so here's an example: the account that we just brought on last week. As I move that insurance into place, I'm going to tell the underwriters up front. These are the stand, or not the underwriters, but the claims people. This is the information I need from you okay. on this day every single month. I know you have access to it. If well, I'm going to be your boots on the ground, that's in front of this account on a on a much more frequent basis than your own loss control people. I got to have ammunition to put in my gun. I need these reports on this day every single month. And the first time they miss, you remind them of that. But it's really not that difficult because here's the thing. Underwriters and claims people are far more detailed than producers. That's why they do what they do. So they're going to set a task for follow-up. They're going to remind. I'm probably not going to remember to set a task for right. follow-up. But if I if I ask them to do it, I'll remember at some point that I didn't get the information. Then I'll follow up with them. But a lot of the stuff that we complain about or a lot of the things that we identify as problems – the flip side of that is many times it's as simple as just asking for it or setting expectations up front. I don't harp on that a lot because I don't really want my competition doing that. You know, if they're too lazy to figure it out for themselves, it's not my job to spoon feed them. But I also well, know that's that something if I, that you get from from your relationship with the insurance company. You know, hundred percent. And that's the know, other if you've thing. Got if, one, if you've got one policy with the company, they're probably going to be like, "Okay, buddy, yeah, yeah, good luck with that." But if you've you know, if they're one of your your top carriers, uh, then they're going to be much more motivated to make sure that you get what you what you want. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. The other thing too, I mean, it's interesting. I I think it's important. I want to talk about this just for a quick second because you know, again, we're we're running close to time. But when you mentioned before, when the injury was reported to the employer and then when the employer reported to the company being a valuable piece of information, that's a huge piece. I mean, that that's hugely valuable. I'm, I'm looking at lag time all the time, but if you only know when the injury happened and when it was finally reported, it makes it a little more difficult to triangulate where the breakdown is in that process. If you know that it was reported to the employer two weeks before the employer reported it, that's a pretty easy conversation to have and find out why. And what I find is, you know, it's very rare that when you find a lag time problem that it's just isolated to a single claim. You know, usually if I see one early in the loss runs, I know that as I continue through those loss runs, I'm going to see that happen over and over again just because there is no program. There is no process. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I remember one situation. I was looking at a loss run, and no injury, no matter how big or small, had a lag time less than thirty days. And I asked the agent, "Do you have any idea what's going on?" And they said, "Oh yeah, I asked him about that." 
And they said they didn't report it to the insurance company until they got their first medical bill from the doctor. It's like, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, and, but it's, but as you said, that's not a difficult conversation to have to say, listen, this is not, this is not how things should be, should be done. But you do find, um, you know, I, I saw something last week where, you know, someone, I forget what it is, what the injury was, but it was not insubstantial. And there was two, three, four weeks of lag time. And the question I ask folks all the time is like, think of, you know, if you've never suffered this kind of injury, you probably know someone that has, you know, you've looked at enough loss runs to know the extraordinary injuries are pretty rare. Most of them are, you know, strains and sprains and cuts and and things like that. So, you know, someone that suffered that kind of injury, you know, either just in their regular life or at work, did they wait three weeks to tell somebody that they damn near cut their finger off? Right. No, no, of course not. So, so where was the breakdown? Did this person just leave work and go to their personal doctor? And it was three weeks later that somebody said, you know, you should make this workers comp, you know, and it's, it's a conversation that goes back to that question of, you know, tell me about what happened when this person got hurt. Because when in that answer, you'll, you'll learn where the breakdowns were. And Mm -hmm. as to your point, David, it is unusual, not completely unheard of, but it is unusual for those breakdowns to be unique to that one injury. And so you can start to uncover, this goes back to what I said in our initial session about, you know, starting to, you know, kind of, of, uh, do these tests, right. Using my, my medical metaphor, you know, let's, let's look around and poke around before we diagnose the treatment. You know, it's easy to talk about bringing people back to work, but if, if people are, you know, ditching out of work for two weeks before they even tell you that they're hurt, then you're probably not going to get, you know, the biggest bang for your buck on building a recovery at work program um, until you fix that injury reporting issue, you know, so you got to find all the different things and then you can start to identify, you know, what are we going to attack first? Yeah, agreed. There's just so much there that you can take from loss runs and many, uh, you know, we've done episodes about this before I've put out blog content before, but if you can become, if, if there's one thing that I could give as a piece of advice to any producer in 2022, and I'm going to give you a lot of advice in 2022, but this is the piece that I'm thinking of for this week. It, that is, <laughs> get really, really proficient in reading and understanding what loss runs are and the information that you need. It's not just for you to put with a submission. It's not just for you to develop a premium versus loss summary. Certainly, if you're going to focus on selling insurance policies, that's all you need it for. But if you actually want to have retention in your book of business, you need to understand what all of this stuff means and why it's important. So take the time to learn. Listen to this. You need to bookmark this episode and listen to it about 15 times over the course of the year. But more importantly, if you really want to dive deep, if you want to take this to a completely different level, reach out to Kevin and Preston and the team there at the Institute of Work Comp Professionals and let them show you 
all of the stuff that that we're talking about because for everything that we can discuss through this series of bringing Kevin on, it is just the tip of the iceberg for right. what you really should be knowing. So I hope that everybody you know has taken this information in. That's the first step. Acting on it is the next part of it, and you're the only one that can control that. So do what you need to do with what we're teaching you. Other than that, have a great weekend, everybody. Now that I've called you down. Jeez. See ya. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes